Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I'd like to talk about some of the cryptid subjects that I've researched. And sometimes when you research any subject in the search for answers, you come across a great number of possible theories for the frequently asked questions like what, why, who and how. Over the years, your opinion can change. What you thought in 1988 can be very different to your opinion now. In the 80s to the late 2000s, I was chasing an ape, or to be more precise, a mashup, a combination of human and ape. I was 100% convinced that he was just flesh and blood. I asked all the usual questions, you know, was he real? Was he a time slip? Had I hallucinated the entire event or conjured him up in some way? Was there really an easy explanation that was out there that would explain it all away? I searched for a monster and at times even a saviour. And I'm still as confused today as I was then. No matter where you turn, you'll find several people who will tell you they have the answer that you seek. They know exactly what to do and how. Then another expert will tell you the complete opposite. Picking your way through all of this can be mind-numbing. You will have heard me say before that not all cryptids are animals. There are many possibilities as to what they are. One theory is that the cryptids are human hybrids um, that have been adapted to become super soldiers, so harvesters of humans, which will, for some will seem like another burrow in a very complex rabbit hole. Yet we hear the description of half human, half animal, over and over again from witnesses who experience these events. We also hear that the creature suddenly reeled itself. It suddenly crossed the road in front of me, he's often said. I was walking the dog and I knew we were being watched or I could hear it moving through the woods. I could see the trees and the foliage moving, but not what was making it move. It followed me home to my address and it watches the house. Those sentences are just some of the things that I'm told most days. I hear from people who have suffered abductions, genetic modifications, lucid dreams where they wake up with wet feet, 
or with an implant they've been fitted with or had removed. Many of them have experienced cattle mutilations, paranormal and supernatural events, shadow beings around the bed, hairy upright wolf or ape men around the home, centre-like beings and black-eyed horrors, and that's just to name a few. Yet you will hear also from people that the creature or being that they saw was helpful in some way. Black shucks described as devil dogs by some who escort people down a tricky slope in the dark. The people are not hurt or harmed. In fact, they describe the dog's actions as benevolent. Could it be that it's merely our thoughts and theories that decide if the encounter is a positive or negative one? Are there positive forces out there battling against negative beings? What one person will see as stalking, the other will see as an act of kindness. I hear from people who have suffered terminal tumours that have been healed and amazed the doctors after an abduction event. There are lone females that are helped by mystery growlers when predatory males have bad intentions. One woman was being followed by a male in a wooded area and he quickened his pace as she did. And when he was in arm's length of her, a huge explosion of energy happened in the bushes to the side of her, which scared the creep so much that he ran off. She never saw who her saviour was, but she knew he was watching her from the trees. Are these incidents accidents? Are they being engineered in some way? Why are people being contacted? Why are they being watched at home from outside? How do they choose which person to engage with? Many of these people have had interactions since they were children. Were they chosen even before birth? Some have paranormal experiences. Some with ET, missing time, time slips and all manner of weird and abnormal experiences. Yet many of them, including myself, never put the events together. They were all classed as separate incidents that just get filed away. Sometimes the incident is lost or buried until many years later. The incidents of reported cryptid encounters, abductions, missing people are on the increase and the numbers are continuing to rise daily. More and more people in the UK are looking for a place to report their truths to. If you witness a black, muscular, upright figure that looks like a cross between a human, a dog and a minotaur, it has steam rising for it. Or you witness a colleague that morphs into a thought-invaded reptilian in front of you. Where do you go to report that, let alone look for answers yourself? If you see a light in the sky and lose four hours of time, or you come too many miles away, What number do you ring? Where do you go to find answers or to speak with people who know what it's like to experience the impossible as you do? I've spent decades trying to set up a place for this to happen. It started with my event in the 80s and now we have hundreds of people across the UK swapping information, sharing knowledge with each other. There is a huge change coming. We can all feel it. I asked earlier if there was a battle going on between positive and negative, and I am convinced of that. Many of you have experiences of your own that will have convinced you that this world and what we're being fed is not what it seems. 
we're being fed more and more distractions to keep us from questioning those that run the world. We've been told for generations, there is nothing to see here. As we hear more and more disclosure from higher and higher officials. I believe that they are drip feeding us, getting the public ready for an event that's already happened and has been happening for decades. Today, I would like to share with you some of the reports that I've taken from ordinary people here on our island who have witnessed half human, half animal entities. I'm not even sure that's the right name for it, you know, but that's what we'll use for the purpose of this recording. Now, some of these cases are seen as negative, while others are very positive, but I want you to hear them for yourselves and make up your own mind. The first report contains a sighting from the northeast of England where the creature shifted or morphed its appearance and it appeared as a different entity to each individual. Is this morphing, shape-shifting a natural ability or a technology, a DNA adaption? We know so very little. I am by no means suggesting that this is the only option or theory behind these incidents. It is, however, one theory that I'd like to discuss. I was contacted by three people in Cleedon in the northeast of England and after they'd had a life-changing experience just a few short weeks ago in March of this year. And the group who were out walking saw what they described as a figure that shape-shifted into something completely impossible to describe. Um, Carl Linneman, a BBR investigator, went up there and had a look at the area and he also spoke to the people. So... There were three witnesses, Ben, James and Ashley. It happened on the 12th of March, 2021, and it was at 5 to 10 in the evening. And as I say, the report and the area investigation was done by Carl Linneman. Now, on f- the night of Friday, the 12th of May, three friends, Ben, James and Ashley, were taking a late night walk from the small northeast coastal time, town sorry, of Whitburn, and they were going to Hart and Nook. Um, which is an area in South Shields. Their walk took them via the Cleden Hills pathway, which connects the two areas. The walk from Whitburn to Hart and Nook would take about 40 minutes or so to complete at a reasonable pace. The three witnesses got within a couple of hundred yards from where the old mill stands. They decided to sit down and catch their breaths and just rest for a few minutes. They were sitting near a dry stone wall that runs down past the side of the mill. And the stone wall continued for a couple of hundred yards along the pathway. After resting for a few minutes, the group decided to continue along the pathway and then take a shortcut. Before the group had gotten more than 10 yards along the path, all three of them noticed a large black humanoid figure standing at least 50 to 60 yards away from them. The figure was described by all three witnesses as human-like in shape and it was standing about seven feet tall and was motionless and it was watching them walk along the pathway. The three witnesses stopped dead in their tracks and they watched the figure for a minute or so and then stated they all saw that the figure had turned into a large black horse. This transformation from a tall black human-like figure into a large black horse was described as being so fast that the witnesses could barely register the change. It seemed instantaneous. 
watching this transformation from an almost human into a large black horse really shocked the three witnesses, as you can imagine. And they were just standing there watching it as it stood there watching them. After a moment or so of watching the large black horse in front of them, the three witnesses felt a wave of fear. It just washed over them and they all had a feeling that they should not be there. The group of three decided to leave the area. Carl stated, On March 26, 2021, I had a phone conversation with the three witnesses about the shape-shifting figure that they saw. And then With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I followed it up with a visit to the old mill on the Cleedon pathway on the 4th of April, where the sighting had taken place. Once at the sighting area, I met up with two of the witnesses, Ben and James, who took me around and recounted their experience of the sighting. I also spoke to them on the phone. Uh, witness one is Ben. Ben described seeing a large black human-like figure that was standing around 50 to 60 yards away from him. And he describes the figure as about seven feet in height. After watching the figure for around a minute, Ben said the figure then changed instantly into a large black muscular horse. Ben described it as changing so fast that he didn't see it change from the figure to the horse properly. One minute, it was a large human-like shape. The next, it was a large black horse. Ben stated that he and the others watched this large horse for what seemed like minutes as it just watched them. The shape-shifting creature then reverted back into its original form of a large, black, human-like figure. Now, James, the second witness, also described the figure as a tall, human-like figure that was standing about seven feet tall. In its human form, it also seemed to have a pointed head, he said, similar to having a hoodie on with the hood up. James reported that he could see an arm on the figure from his vantage point but Ben and Ashley did not. He also reported that he watched the figure for a minute or so, and then it changed instantly into a large black muscular horse. The change happened so quickly that he didn't see it change clearly. He said, as we watched the horse for a few minutes, I felt like it was watching us, and I began to feel very uneasy. 
I just wanted to leave. Following Ben towards the path gate, James looked back a number of times until the figure was lost from view. And he stated that it had turned back into a human figure again. He reported that once they were on the path that leads to Sunderland Road, he saw a small white object pass over his head and vanish, but it did not hit the floor in front of him. And he described the object as like a small piece of white hailstone. The third witness, Ashley, described seeing a human figure, just like Ben and James did. And it was tall, a dark human-like figure, which she watched for a minute. She then stated that the figure changed into a large black horse. Ben and James felt like they should leave the area, which she did. While leaving the area, and just before losing sight of the horse-like figure, Ashley looked back to see what she described as a minotaur-like figure standing there. Ashley also described seeing horn-like shapes on top of its head. I spoke to all three of the witnesses on the phone as I wanted to know more about the morphine. I spoke to each witness individually within 48 hours of the event and I contacted Carl on the same evening, which was around two months ago, three months ago. Um, and then Carl went out to visit them in April. I asked each of them to describe the action of the morphine. And I also asked what name they would use to describe what the humanoid figure changed into. Um, ben said it happened so fast that you could not see the morphine. He described the horse as thickly muscled with huge nostrils. James said he felt the humanoid shape changed into a cross between a horse and a black shuck, a thickly muscled jet black dog. Ashley said she felt the creature, her words not mine, was also minotaur in description. She remembers its nostrils flaring like that of a horse but the face was also canine. Was this being, entity, for want of a better word, showing itself differently to each person? Was it their perception of the beast that influenced what they saw? And why did it change? What was its agenda? I mean, it should be stated that this sighting isn't the first incident of a large human-like figure that's been seen in that area. There are two previous accounts made by two separate witnesses who don't know each other. In 2003, a gentleman reported what he called the Cleden Beat. He said, I'm not too sure of the exact year this happened, but I'm at 33 now when it took place when I was 16. I'm from Whitburn and I had been to see my girlfriend who lived in East Bolden. It was a bit of a walk, so I usually caught the last bus home. That would arrive about 11pm and I would often miss it. And then I'd have to walk home, which took about an hour. So that night I set off in hopes of catching the bus. I always followed a well-used route along Cleden Lane, which is a dark country road heading into Whitburn. It's a bit overgrown and you couldn't see clearly at night on either side of the road. On that occasion, there was a clear sky and the moon was shining. But enough so that it wasn't pitch black out. I could see up ahead as I was walking along and I was heading to the bus stop. About 100 metres up from the Charlie Hurley Centre, next to the sign for Whitburn, I was caught short and I needed to use the bushes as a bathroom. I stopped to pee and then moved over towards the bushes. 
So I wasn't visible to anyone coming along the road or out of the woods. To my complete shock, as I'm answering a call of nature, the bushes opened up in front of me. They just parted. And this massive, skinny, hairy thing came lounging out at me. I jumped back and remembered screaming in shock because it was so tall and hairy. I can only describe it as looking like Chewbacca from Star Wars, but thinner. It scared me witless. I turned and I ran quicker than I've ever ran before. I could hear its thuds behind me for about 30 metres. It clearly did not want me there. I didn't stop to look back and my feet didn't touch the ground. I returned on my bike the next day and I tried to piece together what had happened and I noticed that the bushes went down into a ditch and I worked out from the size of that ditch the thing that I saw must have been at least seven feet tall. Now in October of 2003, same year, different witness, same part of the road, I was in Cleden in the northeast when I encountered what seemed to be a large bipedal creature that I can't explain. I was visiting a friend who lives in the area when I decided to walk to the local store to purchase some wine to have with the meal. The night was dark, so it was hard to tell exactly the description of the creature that I saw. However, it appeared to have a thick fur coat and I estimate that I was around 50 yards away from it as it walked along the edge of the tree line on two legs and then it just start, It was startled when it saw me and it ran back into the trees. I would say it was solidly built with what looked like a thick fur coat on. In an area not too far away from Cleden is Peter Lee. And there's a personal story that was shared by a lady who lived in Peterley. The lady explained a childhood incident that involved her and her brother just before Christmas of 1979. She estimates she was around four years old at the time and her brother would have been seven. They lived in a two-bedroom house in County Durham, which was then a mining area in the northeast of England. Peterlee was a new town and it was built in the late 1940s to house people who'd lost their homes in the heavy bombing during World War II and the town was built in sprawling hills and countryside. Now the witness goes on to describe what happened that night. She said, I was about four years old when the most terrifying incident of my life happened. I shared a bedroom with my brother at the time and he was three. He was three and a half years older than me. On this particular night, we were still awake in the early hours. Though I don't remember the exact time, my brother asked me to go downstairs with him to get a drink of water, as he'd kept us both awake during the night due to a cold, and he now wanted a drink to help him stop coughing. It was, I think, about 1.30am when I reluctantly agreed to go downstairs with him because I was too scared to be left on my own. We got out of our beds, switched on the light and stepped out onto the small landing in the dark. And it was only when we reached the top of the stairs and we were about to descend that we saw what was on its way up the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs, with one foot on one stair and the other foot on the next, its left hand on the banister was a creature which would most aptly be described as a werewolf. It was the size of an average man or maybe taller. It was covered in dark fur and it had large slanted green eyes which seemed to glow. 
We both ran back to our room after standing paralysed by fear for what seemed like the longest time. We huddled together, screaming hysterically, until we woke our parents up. Both of our parents made a tour of the whole house and reported that there was nothing there. Nothing was out of the ordinary and that they saw no creature. Her brother's account of this experience differs slightly in... Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He remembers the creature's eyes as glowing red rather than green and he believes that the creature had ears or horns on its head. He goes on to say in his account of the experience that there were stories at the same time of a werewolf seen by another child in the cellar of this home. I didn't take long to put two and two together. I think Ashley uh, in the report in Cleveland stated that she thought he had something on its head um, either here is or horns. I mean, we could be dealing with the same thing. Also, in November of 2017, there was a report of a flying object that was projecting a green light above Peter Lee. Now, this was spotted by a member of the public who was walking to his car on Manor Way. He said a call of concern was also made to police in September of 2016. The caller had seen four UFOs in the sky above a sacristan they were described as white discs, which were shooting off in different directions. Now, I tried to imagine what it would be like to be one of these witnesses in these events. And it's hard enough seeing something impossible. But if it then morphs into something else entirely, the fear factor would certainly ramp up a few notches. I've heard reports of Bigfoot-like creatures that morph into alien greys. Upright, dog-like creatures that suddenly morph out of focus and become invisible. And my absolute favourite nightmare is anything that's described as half-human, half-animal. Dare I say, a manimal. Are we dealing with something that can appear differently depending on its agenda? Electromagnetic entities that use the Earth's natural grid to move around and monitor certain people is definitely one of the theories. Not only monitor, but terrorise from childhood. Are they humans no longer as we would recognise them? Or are they programmed artificial intelligences? Are they here to eradicate the human race, you know, to set up a new society created by a race or other being? Are humans being farmed and killed? Are they our destroyers or our saviours? These are the questions that I wrestle with every day and I wish I knew the answer. 
the half human, half animal thing absolutely creeps me out. I was contacted by a lady in 2018 and she said, I was holidaying in a caravan park in the Hassocks and everything went well and on the second night of our holiday, myself and my husband had decided to have an early night. We were staying in the caravan, we went to bed and we'd settled down for about half an hour when I heard this strange ruffling sound outside of the caravan. The campground's quite small and private and we were sleeping with the curtains open. When I opened my eyes to see what was making the noise, I got a shock. I looked out the window and I saw this thing looking into the van at us. It was not doing anything, but it was just standing there, looking in and watching us in bed. Seeing it shocked me so much, I turned around quickly and I woke up my husband and I would describe what I saw as pretty tall. Its head reached the top of the caravan window. The face was pressed up against the glass and the figure was hairy. My husband sat up and lit his lighter and for a brief few seconds we got a good clear look at it. His shoulders were broad and its face was ugly. It had a full beard but thin hair on top of its head and it was showing its teeth. The teeth were like a dog's teeth. I was so scared. Luckily, as soon as my husband lit the lighter and illuminated the thing, it ran off. And I was trying to reason what or who it could have been. I don't know if it was just some homeless person, but it didn't seem human to me. It looked like a mix of a human and an animal. If we look at the words used to describe the face that watched them, as the words human and dog, thing and it, are used to describe what she saw. A human-type face, but with canines like a dog. It's covered in hair. Why was it watching them? Was it showing itself to whomever was there? Or was it connected to the couple themselves? The lady herself has had other strange experiences, not with hairy humanoids, but with other types of phenomena. I would even hazard a guess she has a parent or a grandparent who also has experiences. There just seem to be abilities that run in families. Mediums whose children and grandchildren have also inherited the gift. Abductees whose entire family have had many visitations over the generations. Our next report takes us to Shippen and Western Supermare and we hear from one member of a family who made a report on behalf of herself and her family members. I think something else of note is that these events will follow people from home to home. It isn't always the house that it haunted. It may very well be the person or the family. A crossover of human and animal. Hello, I'd like to tell you about some of my experiences that happened to me and my family members for decades. Some of these experiences we've kept quiet about until now. We've had experiences with ghosts and possible experiences with either a Bigfoot or a dogman-like creature. We aren't sure what it is, to be honest. It all started to happen when we lived in Chippen at our old house. And more recently, my brother has also seen something impossible to explain where we currently live in Western Supermare. Firstly, I would like to give a bit of background about Shipham itself. It's a place known for witchcraft that took place in the woods and fields around the area. The area is crisscrossed with trails that lead off throughout the village. Most of the fields have livestock in them and there was a farm by where I used to live. 
It wasn't unheard of for the odd cow or sheep to go missing from the fields. One of the trails I spoke about leads from the fields to the back of the church. And that was the trail that scared me more than any other when I used to go out and explore. Sometimes I'd be walking, other times I would see the horses and I'd feel spooked, as if I was being watched or monitored constantly. Back then, when I was younger, I used to go and feed the horses in one of the fields. I'd always find that the horses used to be always at the back of the field, herded together at the top. They would always come over for food. They were clearly spooked. There have been many times when I'd be there feeding them and all of a sudden, the horses would be spooked by something and they'd just suddenly run off. When this happened, I'd get the sense that something was watching me in the woods. I'd hear movement. Sometimes it'd be a twig snapping or something moving through there. But I never got a good look at what it was. I would run back to the end of the field and go back home. This happened on several occasions, especially if I was on my own. My age at the time this would have happened would have been five or six. It all started then and it continued until we moved when I was ten. This only happened when I was out in the field seeing to the horses. I'm unsure if it's still happening there. Two fields over there was a random bit of woods and it was spooky. And I also felt uneasy going through there. There was a tree swing my cousins and I had built and we used to go down there and swing on it. Even the dog would bark when we got close to it. We'd occasionally use this trail if we were going to the shops, but we avoided it as much as we could. I went through on my own a few times and it was always muddy and there would be tracks, but I could never make out what the tracks had been made by. They looked like a crossover of an animal and a human. I felt very uneasy and scared when I was there. I heard noises of movement and it was at this point I heard a thud. I looked behind me to see something I could not name that had black fur move very quickly through the trees. I didn't see what it was and notice any features as I didn't see the face on this thing, but it was big. I ran past the church to the shops and I never went through there again on my own. My brother's experience happened in Weston. He was walking home one evening, not far from the house, when he saw a huge dog. Not an ordinary domestic dog. This was more like a huge shuck, like a massive oversized German shepherd. It wasn't. It was much bigger and its fur or hair was a white or silver colour. My brother said the strange dog walked into the road, sniffed the air and then walked on in front of him. It went up the road and turned to its left. And when my brother got up to the road where it turned off, he said it had vanished. It was just gone. Now, the length of the road meant he should have been seen it walking or maybe running in the distance, but it was just gone. My brother was calm. He just walked slowly behind it, but at a distance. He said it was strange and he didn't want to do anything in case the dog weren't for him. I asked him if it looked like a dogman and he asked what that was. So I typed it into Google and I shown him the images and he said it looked exactly like that, but it was white. He's not seen it since, and his encounter is just around the corner from where I live. There have been many strange experiences in our family. It is something that we've become used to. Even so, some events are far scarier than others. 
once again, we hear that description, human-like, but also like a dog. If you remember the story from Stone in Staffordshire a few weeks ago, they described what they saw as a minotaur because it had a face that was almost like a horse and almost like a dog. Just to the northwest of Shippen, there is another strange case of what was described as the Hutton Woods Wolfman, and that happened in 2019. Um, and I was contacted by one of my subscribers who brought my attention to an account that had been written up on a community page in Facebook. And the post went up um, about Western Supermare. Now, about a year ago, someone said that they were out walking with their dog in, dog in Hutton Woods at dusk. And they saw, to their horror, a very large black dog which stood up on its hind legs. The person making the report said they were terrified. They called the police and apparently the police said there were unconfirmed sightings of a strange wolf in the area. Why didn't this werewolf hide or conceal itself until they'd passed by? Was it co a coincidental meeting or an engineered event? Was it trying to scare or entrap the witness in some way? If a different human walked by, would it have appeared? Or would it have appeared as something else? Can it adapt and change in an instant? The Smitham Aitman uh, was reported in 2019. And the witness said, I was on a walk um, when I heard a snap of a twig. I thought nothing of it and I continued on. Soon my dogs got agitated and they ran off home. And then I became aware of a foul smell. At this point, I decided to take a short cut across the wood. I was then aware of a soft breathing sound and I began to run. When I tripped after about 10 feet, I decided to turn around and meet my pursuer, only to see a large, about seven foot, dark brown, hairy ape-like man. For about 20 seconds, it just stood there, about 10 feet away from me, staring at me lying on the ground and occasionally tilting its head as if to find out what I was. And then it moved off into the forest. I would have followed it, but my ankle was in quite a lot of pain. It was definitely a very strong beast, but it seemed quite placid and smart. Also near the spot I saw it is a large treeless spot where nothing's grown for years. In fact, my house is an old mining cottage and complete with an abandoned mine where miners have said that they saw strange beasts watching them and when they came back in the morning, their mining carts and equipment had been pushed over and thrown around. But they always put it down to ghosts and spirits so nobody considered Bigfoot back then. Farmers have had sheep that have come up missing and then they find mangled carcasses but they put it down to a large cat like a puma which is also rumoured to live near here. Sometimes I get a bit annoyed that people are willing to believe it's a cat, but not my story. Now, I understand this person's annoyance. It's really frustrating to see something that scares you so much and then to be told by someone else that you imagined it or you made it up for attention. You're then supposed to thank your critic for explaining away an event that they were not part of. I remember one witness who saw a sickly yellow-eyed dog-like creature on a golf course when she was 15, who was told by her family member that it was nothing more than a cat. 
The same family member who dismissed the sickly dogman would remove an imaginary wolf from his daughter's room each night so that she could sleep. The cat also had hands and walked on two legs. Deborah Singleton was driving home when she had an encounter with a dark, brooding figure by the roadside. She was filled with dread before she even reached the spot he was standing in. Why didn't he just wait until she'd pass by and remain unseen? Was it there so Deb in particular would see it? Or was it waiting for any other person to pass by? I wonder if any other people saw it that night before or since on that particular spot on the road. One witness on the Devonshire coast has had to move home after stumbling into a horror-filled moment after leaving a house in a huff in the spring of this year. After a small misunderstanding, our witness went out to clear her head. She walked a lane she'd walked so many times before. This time was different. She suddenly felt a feeling of dread wash over her. She could sense that something was up on a higher bank and a further two were on the lower bank. She immediately froze and slowly walked back home. And this event was so traumatising that our witness has now moved into town. She lived in a beautiful part of the country, between woodland and coast. She's camped on Exmoor and Dartmoor on many occasions. But the event in January of 2021 ended all that for her. She felt robbed of her courage and confused as to what they could possibly be. Now, reports of werewolves in the area go back to the 1980s, when numerous people reported seeing werewolves close to the Valley of the Rocks and the Doom Valley. In the Doom Valley itself, a woman walking home after dark reported seeing a hair-covered creature, which she described as a grey man with a wolf's head. It was apparently stalking a large rabbit, she said. The creature vanished when disturbed by a stag that ran out from the nearby woods. If we travel south from the Doom Valley, we have a lady who lives in an old stone cottage that's close to the moor. She went out one night and she saw two red eyes in the tree line. Now the trees were so high that she explained, I didn't know if it was something standing there that was nine feet tall or whether it was up in the tree watching me from there. One report came in just this week as I was getting this podcast ready and it came in from the Yorkshire area and it meant something to me. When I was younger and I'd see things when I was little, you find a technique that stops you being scared of it. You'd kind of come to it intuitively yourself and as I would do that, they would kind of ramp up the fear. They would change and one of the things they would do, they would become almost robotic in type and they were absolutely terrifying. And this report is titled, entitled The Robotic Dogman, uh, February of 2021, so quite recently. I'm making this report on behalf of a family member who came to visit me recently, as she's just had a baby. We're having a general conversation about weird events that had happened to members of our family. I asked if she thought our new arrival would also suffer from UFO or alien events. And she replied that it could, but possibly with robots. I asked why, and she went on to tell me about one night in Feb, when she was driving, around 9.30pm. She was in a car with a partner and a family, and they were making an ordinary journey. Then, from nowhere, this thing jumped across the road in front of her and the car. 
Its jump was so high, she had to slam on the brakes to avoid hitting it. She said it was massive and hard to describe. She just saw its back legs as it landed. And she said, it was a massive dog. And I said, how big? And she showed me the height, and I would say about five foot, if it was standing on four legs. She also said that she couldn't believe what had happened. She got out of the car to have a look where this thing went, but she got straight back into the car because she felt an overwhelming fear. She said for days she was thinking about the incident, Googling, trying to see if there had been any wolf encounters in that area. I said, I think it may have been a dogman. Now, there are lots of fields and small woodlands and the River Don runs through the area, she said. And I found it funny that there's a quarry in the area where it was heading towards. My family member used to see things when she was younger. She once told me about a silver person that peeked at her from her wardrobe. I asked her what it looked like and she said it was about this tall, which I'd say was around four feet high. She didn't see it all because she put the quilt over her head quickly. Our next report comes from a wonderful young lady who I've spoken to and I remember our phone conversation and thinking she's so strong to have gone through the things that she's gone through and continue to do the same thing she does every day. She's far stronger than she realises. In the beginning, she didn't want to share this experience with anybody outside of a private conversation, but things have changed now for her and she was happy for me to go ahead and share this with you. And it's entitled, The Neighbour Saw a Giant Dog Running Towards Our Back Door. And it's the tale of a girl who's seen something for a number of years um, and this, the confusion that comes with that. It's not something you can just say, you know, at school or to your friends or someone at uni. You kind of carry it yourself. She said, back in 2006, my dad was sadly diagnosed with terminal cancer. I think this was also the year I began seeing the dogman. I'm not sure if this is when I first noticed him. After school, my normal routine was to get changed and have a quick cuppa. Do some homework while dinner was being made and then take our dogs out for a quick walk. There was a field directly opposite our house with a railway line at the far end of it, which had a banking travelling the length of the field and beyond. It had a steel fencing, which was quite tall as the banking was rather steep and it was covered with some shrubbery and small trees. The field was mostly disused back then. The grass would grow up to about hip high and it was rarely cut. I only ever remember it being cut in recent years. Shrubbery and trees surrounded this boggy patch and the pond at the bottom near the fencing. The field was ideal for us to walk the dogs. We would still stay close to the fences though as we didn't want to ruin a crop, you know, just in case. We had a Labrador and a Lab Cross, both medium to large dogs and rather friendly without being scared of anything. They'd bark for the doorbell but only play growl with each other unless there was an aggression shown to one of their humans. I remember when I was talking to her and I said to her, do you rescue animals? Are you very good with animals? And she said, well, yeah, actually I do. And, you know, I've walked dogs as a job and I've always been animals and horses and things. She said, in the evening, after people and animals had been fed, the dogs would go on another walk about 7 or 8 p.m. And then a last walk, usually between 10 and 11 we all took turns taking the dogs out. 
But due to my dad's illness, sometimes he just couldn't. And I took on most of that responsibility. One evening, it was still light out. I believe it was September time, probably somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m. The sun was setting and it was kind of a yellowy orange and you could see it on the sky. It was beautiful. I walked across the field with the dogs and the dogs began growling towards the bottom of the field. And I wasn't sure where they were growling at until I saw a tall, dark figure. The figure was standing quite far down the field, so I couldn't see any features. However, I did know that they were much taller than me. I recall how high the grass was and thinking, how could the dogs even see that guy? I thought this figure was an older teen, perhaps in a black hoodie. Suddenly, the figure dashed into the trees and shrubs surrounding the bog. I felt a lot uneasy and the dogs were barking now, so I took them back to the house and I thought little of it. Later on in the year, I would need to take a little pocket torch from me at night as it was darker so I could see where I was going and to see where the dog's poop was and to untangle your leads, etc. I would often be walking the dogs in the pitch dark and they'd growl and I'd shine my torch but I didn't see anything. After the that's not a cat incident, I would see more. So one night we were walking along the boundaries of the bank on the railway side and as usual, my little pocket torch and the dogs growled up on the banking. Now, there was a lot of overgrown plants along the fence line, some nearly as tall as myself, and they were decaying and brittle stalks. I shone the light up on the banking, thinking there must be something up there. And I caught some amber-red eye shine in the torchlight, and I thought, okay, it must be a cat or something on the banking. My brain had registered that the eyes were facing forwards, and it was large. So I was mentally going through the list of indigenous predators which were likely suspects. I settled on a big house cat and it hadn't moved away immediately like a fox or a badger might. I had a Maine coon cat, so I was comparing the size of it to his when the owner of the eyes moved from left to right. The eyes never left me as it moved. Whatever it was, it continued to look right at me as I continued to shine my little torch directly into its eyes. Looking back, it was no wonder it moved away, but I was utterly transfixed. I shook out of that pretty quickly once I realised that the fencing hadn't broken up my vision. It should have, if it was behind the fencing. Whatever it was, it was on the same level ground that I was on, and it was tall far taller than my five foot five. And that's when I turned tail and we all got back to the house. I was shaken and I might have been mildly hysterical as I explained what had happened in the field. My parents were pretty calm about it. They did say I could take the dogs into the back garden at night from then on, or mum would come with me to the field. So that's what we did. When it was dark, we went out with the dogs in the back garden. We went into the field together. Sometimes we'd see eyes shine and if the dogs growled, we would head back in. We gradually used the back garden more until we only used the field in the daytime. For a short time, nothing untoward happened. Just long enough for my guard to get let down. I'm just not sure about that, but that was the feeling I had. 
For context, standing at the bottom of our garden, there's a shed on the left with a small veg patch directly behind it. And there's a larger patch of gravel and a dogwood tree and a large dark leaf shrub of some kind. We have a larger vegetable patch behind that and then some grass with more trees and lilac. A long plain grass lawn on the right and a small path between the lawn and the vegetable patches. One night, I didn't make it very far up the path before the dogs ran back to me and cowered at my legs. I was a little put out by that. These dogs were cowering behind my knees. That's normal. They would never do that. As I got closer to the dogwood tree, they seemed to melt further away. The moon was full that night, so I hadn't bothered bringing my torch. I thought I could see a shape hiding in the trees, which wasn't very mature then. It only stood about nine feet at the most, and it retained a lot of bushy twigs. I spoke aloud. Who's there? I can see you. Then some gravel crunched and the twig snapped. The figure seemed to be moving behind the small tree. I can hear you, I said. I should mention I was a bit of a stroppy brat, even as a teen, and I was beginning to feel ticked off that some weirdo was in my garden. A breeze in the otherwise still and silent night brought with it the scent of wet dog fur. Unmistakable for any dog owner. I can smell you, I announced softly. And just then, the figure bounded away from the tree, away from me, and towards the fence. They leapt the four-fat fence so gracefully, they may as well have just stepped over it. And this is when I got a really good look at what it was hiding in our garden. Standing about seven feet tall at least, it looked to be covered in dark fur, but it had a man's torso and human-like arms, just longer. It had some scary-looking weaponized hands and its mouth was slightly ajar as it loped and I saw teeth, lots of teeth, lots of long, sharp-looking teeth. I noticed its legs looked wrong. They were backwards, like a canine's hind leg. I must have only been six feet away, if not closer, before it bounded away. This thing went wide along the fence line in our neighbour's garden. I found out the next morning he'd bought a lot of timber and it was placed there. It then hopped the fence back into our garden as it disappeared into a mass of shadows surrounding the lilac bush. I know this next part was dumb. Hindsight is twenty twenty. And I 100% do not recommend what I did next. I don't know if it was teenage hormones or fight or flight instinct. But all I knew was that my life was falling apart as it was. And I was filled with self-protective instincts in the surge of adrenaline. I stalked up to that lavender bush and I growled like some dog imitating demon-possessed child. And I said, if you ever hurt my dogs, I will kill you. I then growled again for good measure and I stalked back along the path, giving this thing my back. Stupid, stupid and sloppy, she says. We all react in different ways and I think she should give herself a break on that. There is not many people who were brave enough to do what that young girl did then. I certainly was not. I turned around and left my friend for dead and ran screaming. I wish I'd have had her backbone back then. She said, by the time I got to the living room, I was shaking and panting. The dogs had their tails firmly curled between their legs and I was in full-blown hysterics. I explained to my parents what I'd just seen. 
what I could only describe as a werewolf. I noticed their exchange of looks and they immediately began to placate me. My mum said, we know, we've been seeing it for a while, but it won't hurt you. Just don't communicate with it and pretend it doesn't exist. Well, hadn't that shit bloody sailed? My mum also admitted that she thought it was something up in a tree when she'd be taking the dogs out in the back garden and she caught eyes shine up high. I thought she meant how tall it was, but after hearing some other people's experiences, perhaps it really was, sitting up in the tree. My dad subtly interrogated me and he made remarks about its snout. Was it like this, like a greyhound but wider? And he'd drawn on the margins of the mirror newspaper to show me what he meant. My dad was the biggest sceptic you could meet, but he moved an old coal bunker to where I'd seen it jump over the wall. I remember asking what he was doing and he muttered something about it's not getting over that. Anyway, I began ignoring it mostly and it became a lurker on the edges of my life. Something we didn't know what it was, but something that didn't seem to want to hurt us. My dad passed away in 2008 and life moved on. It has to. I moved out at 20 and moved in with my current partner in 2012. We adopted a dog that October, a big mastiff cross, which weighed more than I did at the time and it had behavioural problems. One night I was walking it alone up a country lane for its last walk of many and it began growling at some of the trees. I was a little spooked. I was suddenly aware that I was on a dark lane with a dog with behavioural problems alone. I thought it was just a huge shrub that he was barking at, that maybe a cat or a badger was in it, and the dog was picking up on that. I realised that there was a drop behind the fencing and that the shrub was just the top of a small tree which sat behind the tall shrubs on our side of the fence. I was looking down at the dog's head and I tugged on his lead when I saw a furry thigh emerge from the tree foliage and it moved towards us. I did not look up. I swiveled my hips and I dragged the now snarling dog up the road. We had many problems with that dog and despite having experts come to assess him and give us training plans, we had to give him back that December. He was a truly dangerous dog who would flip from the bestest boy ever to scary human and dog aggressive behaviour. I was not the first person he attacked while under our care and it was not the first time. We did our best and it tore us apart having to give him up at such a short time. I'm digressing, she says. I'm sorry. Fast forward a few years and we had another dog, a Christmas puppy. He really was the bestest dog. Walking him, I'd have some deja vu. My dog would give a growl towards hedges or seemingly empty fields and we'd hear twigs crunching behind a hedgerow next to us as we walked on the road or I'd see eye shine about six feet off the ground. I had a feeling my old pal had found me and he was joining in on our walkies. And settling as it was, I realised he'd ample opportunity to kill me and he hadn't. So I began to sing to him when I walked up there without the dog. The singing helped relax me when an adrenaline would flood into my system, I'd hear a twig crunch and a little too close, which would bring on an overwhelming feeling of fear. I just sang louder. This is how things went on for a long time. My boyfriend didn't really believe it, but he'd hear twigs crunching and would eventually come to the conclusion that myself and my mum 
hadn't been having mass hallucinations because that would mean that he also had them. That year was awful. I received some messages from a deranged neighbour basically regarding how he would take me off the street and where my trousers would be when he'd finished with me. I don't particularly wish to write it out or share it. It's something I've put behind me. My neighbour continued to live there and as you can imagine, I was nervous from then on, walking up there past his house alone. But I had livestock to tend to, so I had to. One night, I was halfway there when I saw a torchlight in a lane behind me and it filled me with complete fear. I was trembling and I called out for Wolfe. Now, I'm either very unimaginative or I go way overboard when I give names to things. I don't know why I called out for him, but I did. I did it instinctively. I got to the gate and I waited. I didn't want to be trapped in a stable with him. I wanted the opportunity of space to get away. And as the bobbing torch neared, I could see that it was my partner. I was so relieved, but he looked a little squirreler. We hugged and I went inside the field and I did what I had to do. When I came out again, my boyfriend was pale. He said, something just breathed down my neck and I swear something shadowed me the whole way up here. He'd been putting the twigs cracking on all of our walks, the simple sheep in fields, nothing untoward, nothing scary. He didn't feel like that anymore. Having something breathed down his neck, he was now beginning to put two and two together and he finally believed that I was not delusional. Since then, we've noticed a trend over our nearly nine years together. When either I'm incredibly scared or upset, he shows up. After an accident I had in 2015, my partner has heard something softly growling and pacing around below our bedroom window as I lay in bed. I was bruised, beaten, and not with it due to the knock on their noggin. And a neighbour said that she saw a giant dog running towards our back garden when I returned from hospital last October. When my mum passed away last spring, I'd sit in the back garden at night and I'd cry by myself so I wouldn't bother my partner. He saw me crying up during the day. I wanted to give him some space. I knew Wolfie was there. I heard him rustling the leaves on the hedge or I'd see his shape behind the hedge or behind the shed watching me. I don't think he would hurt me. And he seems to understand that I find him physically terrifying to look at. I may have told him that he was scary looking one night and he seems content to just follow us. But he lets us know he's there most times and keeps out of sight. I haven't seen him like when he was in mum and dad's back garden. Maybe one day I'll be brave enough and he will feel comfortable enough to show himself fully. I'm sorry this was so long and I'm sure I'm missing parts out. There's just so much to fit in. I've seen a lot of odd things before, UFOs and paranormal events, but nothing I couldn't explain away without enough incentive. Although one UFO sighting I do remember is when mum and dad and I were watching the sky. We saw either the quickest helicopter known to man with the worst pilot or a lost alien with a broken compass. I can explain away most things, but I can't explain Wolfe. On the 17th of the 3rd, 2021, she sent me an email, 12.58am, 
at 12.48am. I just let the dogs out in the back garden, Deb, about 20 minutes ago, and I walked away to feed the cats, and by the time I'd poured food into their bowls, our eight-year-old collie was at my feet. He was looking scared, and he didn't want to go back out. So I went to check on our nearly two-year-old retriever, and he was standing upright, as tall as he could get, standing against our fence and sniffing at the neighbour's hedge. The hedge is probably about seven, eight feet tall. He was completely engrossed in whatever he was doing, but I couldn't see as our outdoor light isn't very powerful. I shone my phone torch towards the hedge and he immediately started barking. He calmed down and came away, but my eight-year-old dog was hunkered in the kitchen, staring at me with wild eyes. He's currently hunkered down at my side of the bed and acting like someone's giving him a telling off. It could be nothing, but with the other dog's behaviour, I'm thinking it might have been a visit from my friend. Our next report comes from a young lady who said, I saw your post on the phantom dog that was seen in Bolton and I added my own story to the report. I had a similar experience to that girl and I felt that the dog I saw was friendly. This happened in a Scottish border town that I would prefer to keep secret. When I was a teen, I was walking home late one evening from a visit to my older sister's house. And it was dark, and for safety reasons, I went through the main town as it was well lit. It was a weekend night, and I admit I was nervous the whole time I was walking in case I bumped into drunken people. After getting through the main part of town, I got near one of the churches that is in a less well lit residential area. A huge wolfhound ran in front of me. It came from nowhere and it kept stopping in the middle of the road. I was about six feet away from it, and it just stood there and stared at me. I've always been an animal lover, so after a wait, with no owner appearing within a few minutes, I was worried the dog was astray, or that it had escaped someone's home without them knowing. So I spoke softly to the dog, and I walked a little closer, but it trotted away a little bit more. I stopped, thinking I was scaring it, and it stopped and looked back at me again. So I tried to approach it again, and the same thing happened. I was a bit wary, but because it was out on the road and I was worried about cars coming and it getting hurt, despite the fact that it was leading me away from the main street, I followed it and I went down past the little church and it was the same pattern through the walk. Me trying to approach it and it always staying just out of reach of me. And now I was stopping to look back at me while it waited for me to catch up. It led me to near the entrance of one of our local graveyards. And at that point, I was like, oh, heck, are you serious? I'm not following you in there. And as I was standing, contemplating, following the dog into the church, there was a massive ruckus from where I'd been going to walk home originally. There was a group of rowdy, drunken men that must have been heading up the path I'd been intending to go down. And there were sounds of shouting and swearing and something hitting the bins that was on the street. And what sounded like a fight broke out between them. As I turned the other way, listening to the noisy men, I had no idea where the dog went. But when I looked back, it was gone. I like to think that it was a friendly guide who'd steered me away from trouble that night. And I'll never forget it. It was the biggest, greyest wolfhound I've ever seen. No collar that I could see, and it was always just out of reach. I know it could have been a real dog, 
but it was such a strange experience. It appeared before me and it led me away from potential danger. It made no sound the whole time. I'm really thankful that I followed it. Whatever it was, I'm the sort of person who's kind of a sceptic, trying to find a rational explanation for everything, including the dog that I saw. And I can't explain that experience. I just cannot explain it. The graveyard it led me to has a path running through it, which I could have used as an alternative route home. But I was too scared to go through there in the dark. That's the reason I walked through the town. Have you ever heard any stories about orange glowing lights or objects at all in these creature sightings? My mum and I had a very strange experience with one that flew past us, literally right between us, and it vanished as we were walking one night. We both looked at each other and said, Did you see that? It was football-sized and bright orange. It flew past us at head height, faster than you blink. There was no noise, no heat, no smoke trail, nothing. And it vanished, literally. This was a good few years back, and one I can't explain. We both still baffled by it. It was shot right between us, like quite literally zoomed past our heads, and we was talking and walking, not one minute away from my house. Until next time, good night everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.